Educational Resource Area. I'm Ed Shanifian. It's a pleasure to bring you our educational, motivational, and inspirational webinars, podcasts, and video instructional lessons to you. Harry Gilbert, well, he needs no introduction. He's the former president of the National USPTA Board and is director of tennis at Wakaba Country Club up there in Westchester County, New York. Harry helps us here with our management arm of our company, BeyondTheBaselines.com, and manages several clubs, including Pretty Brook Tennis Club right there in Princeton, New Jersey. In this three-part workshop, Harry looks at why we are really all a part of the hospitality industry. He clearly understands customer, or in most of our cases, member service, and starts out by defining what hospitality truly is for us in the industry. He looks to industry standards from leading international hotel chains to friends who are famous restaurateurs, and finally to his own experiences as director of tennis at the famed Albany Resort in the Bahamas. Harry will release parts two and part three of this educational series in February and March 2023, and we look forward to hearing more and more from all our advisors and educators here at the Institute of Club Directors. Thanks for listening, and here's Harry. Okay, folks, we're going to uh, start here and uh, starring Harry Gilbert. Um, Harry's, I've known Harry for many, many years. He's the director of tennis at Wakaba Country Club. He's going into his 23rd year there. Uh, an interesting year. He already started up there. He's been busy up there getting the courts ready and getting his programming ready. We've been talking over the last week, getting prepared for this webinar. He's also been the director of tennis at the Albany Resort out there on the islands of the Bahamas. And he's been up in North Florida at Hammock Beach Resort for, for many years. Uh, we probably all know Harry as the past former national president of the USBTA, 2009-2010. And we really look forward to what he's going to be talking to us today about, which is how we might be tennis professionals, but we're really in the hospitality and customer service business and how we lack on that kind of uh, attention to detail. And Harry, welcome to the, the, the webinar. And we are so happy and proud to have you here with us. Thanks so much. Ed, thank you very much. Thanks for the invitation. I'm looking forward to a, a, good, a good presentation and, and learning maybe from you and some of the other attendees as well. So uh, again, I want to thank Ed and the, the good work he's doing at Beyond the Baselines. Obviously, anyone who watches this live or the recording will know about what he's doing, but uh, I'm a customer. I'm enjoying uh, the different um, things he's providing us. The podcasts have been great. So Ed, thanks for, thanks for what you're doing in the industry. I want to thank Lacoste and Head. Those are my two sponsors. Um, in previous years, of course, when I'd go out and do presentations at USPTA conventions, USTA things, PTR, uh, I usually would, would mention those, those uh, sponsors and sometimes they were presenting those seminars. I've done a lot of seminars in the past, some on the court and some in the classroom. First one via Zoom. Uh, and I, I always look forward to doing them. I, I'm happy to present my, my information but I, I, I like to have a give and take uh, you know, type of atmosphere where I can learn from the attendees too. Uh, so if you all have any questions or comments as we go, you can put them in the questions uh, and answer tab and Ed will, uh, will mention them and we can discuss. Uh, I also like to do the presentations because quite frankly, when you have to prepare for them, you can uh, sharpen up your own skills. Like when I would do one on court, say about um, team practices or something. I, I would have to present the presentation, excuse me, prepare the presentation and it would make me look over what we were doing. And I'd go, oh, we need to continue to do this or that. So I, I actually, uh, by doing this presentation, I've already gotten a couple of things which I'm gonna do uh, this season. 
So Ed asked me to do it and he said, hey, would you like to do it? And I said, of course. And I said, what would you like? And he said, it's up to you. So I said, I think uh, I'd like to talk about customer service and how that can be a difference maker in, in, your, in your job and, and in our profession. And as Ed mentioned, uh, I'm starting my 23rd summer at Wakabak, which is a seasonal country club above New York City. I, uh, before that, I was at a country club in Florida for 18 years. And that was a country club community where the majority of the residents lived there. They were at the club a lot and we interacted with them on a daily basis. 18 years there and maybe the last five overlap with me starting at Walkabuck. From uh, Then I left that club and went to a, my first resort job, as Ed mentioned, Hammock Beach Resort, an oceanfront resort uh, on the coast of central North, North Central Florida. And it also has a housing component, of course, it was a country club community with a vertical property. Um, member owners owned their units and then put them in the rental pool. So I then got, that was my first taste of the real resort slash hotel business. And uh, I enjoyed it. And what I really liked was the ability to learn about customer service because as all of us as customers and the two primary things I might refer to today are, are resorts and hotels. And as you know, you make your decision on where you're going to stay based on your previous experiences, based on possibly a review on TripAdvisor, et cetera, et cetera. So the way they gather data and, and, and you know, use it to their advantage is something that's intriguing to me. So I'm going to mention a lot of that today. I also want to give uh, a shout out to Peter Burwash, who a long, long time tennis professional. He used to do presentations at USPTA conventions about service. He had killer PowerPoint presentations. Um, and he often referred to the Rich Carlton as being the, the model of, of customer service. And then as I worked my way up in leadership uh, with the USPTA to becoming the president, I would ask for more things like that at our conventions. The two things that I wanted to see more, as much as I love the encore and the drills, et cetera, et cetera, I wanted to see more about leadership and learning how to, to develop your team and about customer service. And I would always refer, I go, we need to have someone talk to us about the Ritz-Carlton standard of customer service. So we'll be referring to the Ritz-Carlton a lot in this presentation. So uh, let's get started. So here's your two definitions. Hospitality, and you can read it, the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests. Let me move us down, Ed, so we won't be. So the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. That's the, the, the dictionary definition of hospitality. And uh, it's the business that we're in. And as I go through this presentation, we're gonna to refer to customer service and hospitality. And we're gonna talk about uh, different, different industries and how they present uh, their, their customer service. And then I'm gonna tie it back at the end to the, the things that I do in customer service. And hopefully we'll have some examples from uh, y'all as well. And then customer service, the assistance and advice provided by a company to those people who use who buy, excuse me, or use its product or services. So uh, in, in my opinion, the hospitality has a bit more, the hospitality might be for me at my club, how I treat a guest, how I treat uh, a person, a prospective member, okay? Because, you know, and then, and then of course, customer service to me is my customers I already have. And those would be at my club, my members. Now, a lot of these things I think are a little more integrated if you're at a commercial club and you need to get more members or, or you're, you're trying to attract daily use. Uh, my day-to-day -day experience is making my members happy. Um, and then, you know, if you're providing great customer service, 
you're going to do a good job at your club. If you're a detail type man or woman, if you're doing the extras, you're gonna be successful. So uh, I've learned mo a lot of my customer service experience on the ground. I've learned it from my peers. I've learned it from experience. Some of the hospitality and a lot of the data I've learned uh, in the last nine, 10 years when I, when I made my first switch uh, to the resort side. And I did forget to say at the beginning, in addition to Hammock Beach, I worked at Albany Resort, which is a very high-end resort in the Bahamas. And I did that for six of the, uh, the last six years. I didn't go back this year. Um, but I learned also about the expectation of when a personal assistant calls you and plans to book uh, a week's worth of lessons in prime time for two courts when they're calling like five days before Christmas week. So uh, that took some customer service skills on, on things like that. Whether you are a member-owned club or a corporate hotel entity, we are the specialists for you in elite hospitality. It's not just the members that should feel loyalty to their club. It's the sense of loyalty combined with the pride of offering superior service and hospitality in every worker that makes a good club that much better. Beyond the Baselines is the leading executive search firm for private members clubs and boutique resorts. From the kitchens to the courts, the practice tees to the waterfront, Beyond the Baselines is your partner to find the best in-class employees for your club, facility, or resort. So find that right candidate with us today. Call us today at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288 or visit us on the web at beyondthebaselines.com. Customer service experiences. We experience service every day, okay? We need to recognize and learn from great experiences and those that fit, fail to meet our expectations. Here's the part that I wanted to be a little more active. If this was, um, if this was a, a classroom example, I would ask you to raise your hand, but you can just read this. Tell the group about the worst customer experience service you've had. What happened? Did you tell others about the experience? Did you still give that company your business? I'd be curious to know if anybody has one that they want to share. If you don't, that's fine. Um, tell the group about a really good customer service experience you had. What happened? Did you tell others about your experience? Are you a loyal customer of that business? And I, I observe customer service and experience it every day. I'm a, as you can see, I'm drinking, I'm drinking a green tea from Starbucks, which I stop at every day. And some days, you know, there's a long wait. And, and, you know, I usually on the mobile order, I know my order's in there and I can see it in the queue. And once in a while, I'll wonder why they don't go to the mobile orders and they start taking orders over the phone. But I, I don't let it, I don't let it really shade my experience because I'm a loyal customer of theirs. I also was just in Atlanta recently. I walked in a Target, right? And there was someone at the door who greeted me. How are you? Welcome to Target. And, and I, at first I thought, wow, they've, they've chosen to have um, an employee as almost as a welcome or a greeter. Turns out she was cleaning the carts because in COVID, you know, there's diff different experiences now. But as I walked through that Target, interestingly, it was in Atlanta. I mean, I, I, I was visiting, but I had three different employees turn, make eye contact above our mask and say good afternoon. And I, I mentioned to my wife, well, that was one of the friendliest targets I've ever, I've ever been in. So, you know, um, you experience it every day and, and how, how you react to it, how you tend to, you know, to, to learn from it, I think helps us in our businesses uh, for sure. Where, where we always 
what we always talk about is restaurants and it's by the nature of the beast, right? The, the person who comes to your table is your server. So they're inherently in the customer service business. Now, a lot of times it's not their fault, the experience, and we'll talk about a little more. But um, so I, I really, I really not challenge you, but, but recommend that you start to become a student of service. And, and I really believe I am that. And, and I learn from it every day. I recognize it. Um, now my, my family uses some of the same lingo. When we'll walk off the office um, out, of a, out of an experience, I'll go, well, that was a service miss because that's some of the, uh, some of the, the terms that I use. And I've been playing tennis uh, with a, a former student of mine at his club before I go up to New York for the summer season. And um, I share with him what I think they're doing well and what I think they could do a little better. And, and I, I typically, you know, wouldn't share that, you know, in a negative way. But um, so I, I'm always looking to, to learn and get better through my experiences. But I will say this too, I recognize good service and I reward it, whether it's monetarily, which I think a lot of us do anyways. But uh, I also mentioned to the people, hey, you guys did a great job. Uh, I'll tell you one more. I, I was in a UPS store, right? and I was third in line. So I watched them interact with the two customers in front of me. They, they did a great job and they offered something extra to both of them. And then I came and I had a question. I wasn't sure if I could drop this off because it was actually a postal, US post office. And they go, of course. And then they told me like four more things that I could do there that weren't under their normal umbrella. And I, I, I this was just like uh, 10 days ago. And I said to him, I go, you guys do a great job. And of course, everybody has masks on, but you could see the expression on the woman's face changed and I'm sure she was, she was quite pleased to hear that. So um, I, I, I recognize good and bad. I, I talk about it and I, and I mention it to them. I very rarely would, would tell someone they weren't doing a good job. But um, I, I, I challenge you all to, to if, you, if you become a student of service, then I think you'll be better at, at your job as well. So let's, uh, let's get going a little bit. So this is a, a um, a class I took in the spring of last year. And like a lot of us, COVID had slowed down what was happening. And Patrick Kearns, who some of you may know, he's uh, the, the ED for the USPTA Mid-Atlantic Division, posted this in a Facebook group, which I know Ed was part of, um, back in the spring that Florida Atlantic University was offering this certificate of hospitality and tourism management. And I signed up and took it. It was a very extensive class. and. Honestly, it was slanted a little more towards pure house, uh, excuse me, not hospitality, pure hotel management a lot. There was a lot of accounting. There was a lot of, of, of you know, P&L and average daily rate and things which apply specifically to hotels. But I'm a, I'm a, a fan of that. I, I'm interested in it, but it didn't affect my day to day. The customer service portion was good. Um, not unbelievable because, again, it was slanted a little more to the resort hotel business but uh, it was good. And they're offering some other programs throughout the year. I believe they're offering this certificate again. Unfortunately, at the beginning, they offered it complimentary, which was nice. I believe it's like a $900 uh, fee normally. So I would, I would recommend this type of thing. I don't know if I would necessarily recommend um, spending almost $1,000 on it, although it was very good. And what's interesting as well is the, the professor, his name's Dr. Peter Ritchie, uh, R-I-C-C-I, he's done a great job of keeping in touch with all the attendees. So I really appreciate that, although I'm not looking for a job in the hotel industry, but uh, I, I found that to be very rewarding. So that's something to uh, consider. 
as you, um, each of you maybe look for different ways for customer service. Let me move myself. I think I moved myself out of y'all's way. Here's three books, which I'm going to refer to a lot today. I read the Hug Your Customers and Danny Meyer as int an interested consumer. So, and then I'll tell you about the, so let's just start with Danny Meyer. Uh, Danny Meyer is a restaurateur in New York City. I've been going to New York for 23 years. My wife and I like to go out to dinner in the city. And uh, I, I read about his book. I, I read it somewhere he'd written a book. So I bought it and I read it. And he had, at that time, he was known for Gramercy Tavern and Union Square Cafe, which are his two fine dining establishments. And he talks a lot and he has a lot more, but those were the two, because this book's maybe 15 years old, I bet, because I bought copies of this book and he was nice enough to sign them. And I gave them to everyone on my USPTA board as a thank you when I was the president. And he just talks, so you can see the title, The Transforming Power of Hospitality in Business. And of course his business is restaurants. And so, but again, a lot of these things, the data, the customer preference, which I'll talk about in this presentation, the ability to anticipate your customer's needs, that can transfer to, to what we do every day. Um, and at the time, a lot of you will know this, he was just starting, he had two um, burger joints called Shake Shack. And from then, I'm, sure, I'm not sure who's listening, where you are in the country, but I'm positive that you've been to a Shake Shack or certainly know where one is. And that part of his business exploded. Um, he's still very active. You see him a lot of times on the business channel, particularly during COVID, talking about hospitality, how the hospitality and restaurant businesses had been damaged and uh, what they could do to bring them back. So that's a very interesting book, which um, I would recommend if you're, if you're a fan of restaurants and kind of the back of the house stuff, um, you, 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 you certainly would like it. The second one is Hug Your Customers. I'm not sure how I, I came across it. Possibly, excuse me, possibly I read a review about it. This is about a men's uh, fine uh, fashion store, you know, upscale uh, men's suits, et cetera. And they've since branched out to be, have women's wear, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's Hug Your Customers and it's everything they do. If you read the thing, the proven way to personalize sales and achieve astounding results. And you can imagine that if you're a, a, a businessman living in Greenwich, which where the original store was, or Westport, both uh, suburbs in Connecticut of New York City, and you're going down to work in, 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 in the city, you're wearing suits every day, you know, you, you, you'd love it when you get a call from Mitchell's, which is the name of the store, and they have another now called Richard's, and they say, hey, we just got in uh, some great new suits, we have your size, because of course they know your size. We know you prefer navy, black, blah, blah, blah. And then of course the customer, wow, they've already, they've already done the work for me. Yeah, give me two. And they talk about all the things they do, all the data they collect for their customers. And of course that would be, in that type of business, it would be sizes, you know, fabric preferences, you know, style preferences. Do you want a double-breasted, single-breasted? And I'm not as interested in men's, uh, men's fashion, particularly business fashion, as I am in restaurants but I was crazy interested in the way they embrace their customer and the name Hug Your Customer. And I actually met one of them. They came to Albany. Guy was a pretty good tennis player. We hit balls and we talked. Um, and that was just by happenstance. And um, I got to talk to him a little bit about, and he's the one that shared with me. And then I, I, of course, did a little bit of research. They branched out a lot. I read this book probably 10 to 12 years ago, too. And then uh, the, the New Gold Standard is a, is a book about the Ritz-Carlton. And as I mentioned, 
I, I know about the Ritz-Carlton before I ever stayed at one, Peter Burwash was talking about them in those presentations. And probably a lot of you have heard about some of the things that, that and we'll talk about, you know, they have the credo, they have their card that every employee carries around. And something that's interesting that uh, you may or may not know is, and I'll, I'll mention it now, and I'll probably mention it later. The Ritz-Carlton has a policy where every employee is empowered up to $2,000 to solve a problem themselves. And then think about that. That means, as an example, that if a valet messes up someone's bag, and let's just say it's a super nice bag, maybe it's a, I don't know, uh, a, a Gucci bag, and they drop it and put a big gash in, they're cut, you know, the, the, the hotel gas is, oh my God, look at no bag, it's no, no problem, we'll be happy to replace it. And whoa. And then that, and, and also, which we'll talk about later, because Hammock Beach had the same standard, that employee is then tasked to follow through with that on their own. They, they certainly would mention it probably to their supervisor. But if you think about it, that's really giving your customer, excuse me, your employee, a lot of power to make the customer happy. And I, you know, I think, I don't know about y'all, but I think $2,000 is a pretty big number. But they said in their research, the average customer spend over a lifetime at a Rich Carlton is $250,000. Now, these statistics are also pre-COVID, which also, so I think the Rich Carlton has its share of, of expense account businessmen traveling, as well as your leisure guests. But I think all of us would say, if you bring it down to, to some terms, you know, if, if somebody's spending $25,000 with you, would you be happy to, to you know, allow your employees to go up to $200 to make them happy? I think we all would agree. So we'll refer to the Rich Carlton a lot um, when we talk about this uh, in this presentation, so. At Beyond the Baselines, we have over 25 years of experience with management of private members' clubs and boutique resorts. Whether it's finding the inefficiencies caused by the blurring of roles between management and board governance, managing a single department, or educating and mentoring a key employee, we have served the private members' club industry like no other consultancy since 2007. Partnering with club governing bodies and working alongside management, we bring a team of highly specialized and experienced experienced associates for that personal touch and hands-on management style to achieve long-term goals with short-term results. At Beyond the Baselines, we understand the traditions and importance of membership, but history and connections to a bygone era shouldn't inhibit growth. In fact, we believe they can be a catalyst for change. So please visit our website at beyondthebaselines.com or give us a call at 508-538-1288. That's 508-538-1288. Hey Harry, I got I got a quick quick question here from one of our sure. listeners. Okay, uh, they talk about they ask about front of house and how what your view is on that. So, for example, with the Ritz Carlton, they're they're talking they're asking, is the bellhop, which is probably you know not the most important person at a hotel, but oftentimes the first impression a customer gets. What do you think about the the shop manager, or the sh the person behind the front desk at the tennis shop or golf shop? How right. important is this funny, funny that you mentioned that because we talk about the way the Ritz-Carlton and some of their experiences a little later. And I referenced our pro shop. But of course, that in fact, I and also when I hire, first impression is everything. And one of the, one of the, the main things the Ritz-Carlton and Hammock Beach where I work is, is recognizing your guest or your customer and calling them by name, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times people would be, would be sort of amazed. Oh, 
you know our name. But if you think about it, the, these companies, these resorts, and hopefully us at the tennis club, have, or, the, or the country club period, have that information available. As an example, you checked into Hammock Beach, you have to go through a guard. You go, hi, I'm Mr. Gilbert, I'm checking in. They go, great. As soon as you drive away, it's like a three minute drive, this whining thing. They are on the radio. Gilbert family of five checking in for the, for the main tower. That was the thing. So now you get to your car, the valet comes up, welcome, Mr. Gilbert. Oh, of course, that's how it happened. The guy said it, but see, the same thing should happen at your club. We actually, uh, at, at Walkabuck, I'll give you an example. We can see customers coming towards us, right? Because they have a little bit of a walk and we, we can see who it is. And often we'll quickly say, that's Mr. Shanafee, he's a new member. That's, that's, that's Mr. Shanafee, he's here to play with someone. So when you come inside, ideally we go, hey, Mr. Shanafee, how are you? Or hi, Ed, depending on the relationship. You, are you playing with Harry today? And you say, yeah, I am. And, and so we go from there. So yes, you're, you're only as good. You can't be everywhere as a manager, as the director of tennis, as um, you know, whatever role you are, you can't be everywhere and do all this customer facing stuff yourself. So you need to empower your staff and train your staff. And also, uh, we're going into all this a little bit, and also hire a staff that gets that and is willing to do it. So that's a great question. And yes, that, uh, certainly they have to be prepared for what's coming. Uh, and this is a New York Times article. Uh, while I was uh, preparing this in the last 10 days, this came out two weeks ago. And if you look at the title is what is hospitality? The current answer doesn't work. And what this, uh, and I'm just gonna go down this. I read this article and there was a lot to learn here, but it also is based about COVID. And so I'm not gonna go through this whole deal, but I wanna show everybody one part of this, a couple of lines. Uh, here's one, hospitality is both invisible and formidable. It surrounds you. You can find it at a rest stop on the highway or miss it at the host stand of a fine dining restaurant. You feel its presence or you don't. And they talk a little bit in this article about how COVID has, has you know, it actually goes back into a little bit of history, as you can see, 1949. Um, it, it talks about how COVID has changed the experience. And at the end today, uh, I have my email address and um, my phone number on there. So if you're interested in, in this article, I, I'll send you the presentation. You can click through, or I can give you the article. And I can, if you email me or text me, I can also give you the title of the article and you can uh, pull it up yourself. But here's what I thought was interesting. And this is one thing at the kind, you read this, the second one down again, Danny Meyer, who I've already talked about. We're gonna talk about some more. At the kinds of seminars where successful people share the secret to their success, New York restaurateur Danny Myers talked about measuring what he calls the hospitality quotient of his staff. And I talk about that a little bit later and you can see below, they call it their HQ, a way of measuring uh, aspects of a worker's emotional intelligence. And then it goes on to say, you know, if you read down below, He's hiring people with kindness and optimism, curiosity and empathy, self-awareness and integrity. Well, that sounds like a pretty good employee, right? Is all part of the competitive advantage. And this part, and this is not a setup, it's not exact science, but a team of professionals with these traits can create a kind of magic in the room, a feel-good atmosphere of relentless positivity. Keenan Steiner, a former service at one of Mr. Meyer's restaurants, one called it the house of yes. No kidding, I've had the answer is always yes, in my orientation for 15 years at least. I didn't know this quote, but above the relentless positivity, I like that. I added that to my orientation for this year. I've already used it three times. 
uh, one of our buzzwords for this summer is we're going to be relentlessly positive. So uh, now we'll keep moving on. We'll talk a little bit about the Ritz-Carlton. We'll talk about the hotels and restaurants and some specifics that they do. And then we'll tie it all back into tennis. So uh, the Ritz-Carlton's known for their service. They're also known for each employee having a copy of their credo on a card that they carry around. I'd, I probably could have found one, but in a minute you'll see, I included Hammock Beach. Hammock Beach opened um, in 2007, I believe. I started working there in 2009 when they opened the tennis. It was right at the front end of the housing um, before the recession. It, it was at the front end of when housing was exploding. Flagler County in Florida was the fastest growing county in the US real estate wise for like six months in that time. Hemic Beach, quite frankly, modeled itself after Rich Carlton. When you come into the lobby, it had the deep wood tones. It had the concierge. And we did a lot of things that either they said straight up, they took from a Rich Carlton, or they didn't say, but I knew. For example, you didn't check in. You, you were greeted by the concierge team. And at the beginning, before things changed a little bit with the recession, there was a full team of them, maybe five or six on busy check-ins. When After you checked in, that concierge got up escorted you to the room. While they were escorting you to the room, they were pointing out the different amenities and they were asking your interest. And, and presumably, which I'll mention in a minute, they were keeping track of some of those preference or interests to add to your customer portfolio. So then later in your stay, someone could drop that in uh, so you'd experience some great service. So uh, I'm trying to move our my picture. There we go. The Ritz-Carlton is a place where the genuine, you can read this yourself, the genuine care and comfort of our guests is our highest mission. We pledge to provide the finest personal service and facilities for our guests who will always enjoy a warm, relaxed, yet refined ambience. The Ritz-Carlton experience enlivens the senses, instills well-being, and fulfills even the unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. These are, these are, these are their, that's their credo. It's what they talk about all the time. They talk about it in their daily lineups. They talk about it in their all hands meetings. And it's very interesting, a couple of these things, even the unexpressed wishes and needs of our guests. And we'll talk about how we can do that in our own businesses and how they do it. They get the data, they get the information, they make an informed decision about what they think you want, and then they try and present it. Uh, so this is their credo, the motto, ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. This is interesting to me, because I wanted to find out, and the book uh, tells you how, how this came about. When they first started, the, the staff was, was told, you know, that we're, we're here to serve ladies and gentlemen. And this was probably in a, maybe in a little bit of a previous generation where, um, you know, everything was uh, perhaps a little more formal. Yet they, uh, the, the management of the Rich Carlton also want to empower and also make their employees feel like they were equal on footing even though they were on the service side and the guest was on the receiving side. So this is their motto. And I had an employee at Hemet Beach who had worked at a Rich Carlton. Every single thing he said was ladies and gentlemen. If we were in like a, uh, a, a, a small breakout meeting and he was addressed the group, he'd go, ladies and gentlemen. When he'd sit, stand up to talk, he was uh, the spa director. When he'd talk about uh, various things. He goes, as we were serving the ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it's ingrained in the Ritz-Carlton uh, employees and former employees, but I think that's interesting. That's the motto. And then there are three steps of service, a warm and sincere greeting. Use the guest name. 
excuse me, anticipation and fulfillment of each guest's needs and a fond farewell. Give a warm goodbye and use the guest name. Think about um, what you hear there a lot, guest name, guest name, guest needs. Um, I'll mention this a little bit later as well, but one of the things we knew at Hammock Beach because you're trained and you learn these things is where occasionally we have a secret shop where someone will call and they'll test us. Hi, I'm, um, you know, Mr. Jones. And, I, and they'll ask a bunch of questions. And how you respond to them is, is what they're grading you on because they're not really a guest. They're, they're, they're checking. And a lot of these things are pretty easy to do because the hotels and the resorts make it easy for you. Like, and just like truthfully at my club at Walkabuck now, when you look down, the person who's calling his name is on the, the window on the phone. So it's pretty easy to go, hi, Mr. Gilbert, how may I help? Um, but that was super important. And I really had, we really had to teach our staff that because sometimes we only had a simple que one question. You're supposed to use the guest name three times at every interaction. Sometimes the question is, do you have any open courts? Yes, Mr. Jones, we do. We have, we have courts all day. What time would you like one, Mr. Jones? Well, now we've got two times in. And then if he says, I'd like to play at three, you go, you're confirmed, Mr. Jones, or something like that. It used to be a teeny bit of a game, but I will say this um, in all honesty, it seems like the amenities like tennis and, and we were a little bit separate from the main resort, didn't get the, the, um, the uh, what's the right word? The, the, they weren't as circumspect about um, us because they were definitely doing that about rooms, about the greeting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, uh, we, we probably only had that happen three or four times, but as I'll mention a bit, when we were measured, you needed, you needed to have that happen or else, um, you know, it was mentioned. You know, Harry, that, that comes up, you know, when you do your USPTA test, I don't know about the PTR, but they actually ask you to do what, speak, speak to get, speak to student's name six, six times in a half an hour. I guess it allows the customer to feel more comfortable. And that's, a great, that? that's a great that's a great point because I'd forgotten that quite frankly or yeah. hadn't, thought it, hadn't thought of it with this but yes and whenever I had one of my pros doing their test I'd say okay on the on court thing call them by dress right call them by name exactly give a good lesson make sure you do a summary offer homework thank them by name that's a good point and yes I was never a tester but I do know that that was part of that's definitely part of uh the, the USPTA test. Yep. It just, everybody likes to be recognized, you know? Right. And, and I'll mention a little later where I'm a previous customer of, of a, a place in New York City. And when my wife made the reservation, they must have a great database because they said, welcome to see you again. And, blah, blah. and they said something like, it's Mr. Gilbert, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while. I think you were here last. I go, that is when I was here last, you know? So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just interesting how this data um, in these businesses, and I'll mention in just a second, how they need the data because they're being judged all the time, by, whether it be on Yelp or, or, or TripAdvisor, et cetera. So um, this, is the, this is the card that we carried at Hammock Beach. I, have, I literally had one of these. This is our mission statement, which I think is a great, you know, it, it's great, quite frankly. Uh, I, you, could, you could use that at, at a tennis club. You could substitute uh, tennis club or, or just in general, that's, that's a solid mission statement, I think, um, despite what product, they're obviously in the, the it says golf resort and spa, and they're, but they're, they're truthfully trying to, to get people to the resort and to sell the real estate and to fill the rooms and then play golf, go to the spa, come play tennis. Uh, they, had, they had a small marina, et cetera. And these are the five basic service culture tools, 
the service standards card, the position performance standards, daily shift lineups, which we'll talk about, daily shift checklists, and downtime to-do lists. And that's always a good one because um, all, of us all of us at our clubs have busy times and not as busy. I'm at a summer job, which uh, is not as busy in May as it is in July. July is a joke. We have like 15 special events and, you know, six pros teaching almost all the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, but in May, not as busy. Rains a bit. We're just getting started. So that's when we'll make, uh, uh, we'll, we'll do our to-do list. We'll get ready. So, um, you know, and particularly at our resort in Florida, there was rainy days. And, you know, particularly with your, your hourly employees, you, you want to make sure you have some rainy day stuff for them to do. And that's where we make a list where in, instead of, they couldn't do the courts because it's pouring rain, but they could, do some organizing, you know, in the storeroom, do things to keep them busy and keep them there, quite frankly. Um, and this is the one, and this spells out Hammock Beach, as you can see. Um, and this, you know, again, these cards come from the Ritz. I'll look at a couple things on here. Look at the M. Make sure to use a game, a, a guest name naturally as a signal of recognition. And down here on C, you can read this yourself. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'll, I'll pause for a minute. But on C, it says, come full circle on all guest requests with one shop assistance. And this is something in doing this presentation, as I mentioned, how we all can benefit. I recommend anybody think about what you need to present. If you need to present it to your staff, right? When you get ready for a staff meeting, you're probably learning a little bit yourself. This was good for me to do this presentation. Thank you, Ed, because I learned and reminded myself and got a few new ideas. Example, come full circle on all guest requests with one shop, one stop assistance, right? I explained to you the, the, the uh, Rich Carlton idea of $2,000 to make a guest happy. I started thinking about it at my club, which is smaller, and I know for sure this happens. I remember it happened last year. I'm not sure the details, but as an example, um, a, a pro called me at Sunday at four. I left at one, whatever. And he goes, hey, Harry, Mrs. Shanafee came in. And uh, her racket cracked. And remember, we just strung it like two days ago and it's brand new. Uh, she wanted to know if you could replace it. I didn't know what to tell her, so I said I'd ask you. I said, I, I, my answer was, this is close to the example, I can't remember exactly, but it did happen. I go, of course, I'll send her a note, or I told him or she to call them back and say, of course, we'll replace it, and we did. Point is, this year, they won't call me. They'll know, because we're gonna go over this and we're adding this, we're, we're, we're now, I'm now empowering them up to maybe not $2,000, but I can't imagine what would be $2,000. They're empowered to solve it. Because I think they all know, and, and one of them may be listening to this or, or, or come back to it later, um, but they know that the answer is going to be yes. Because but, but I think before they felt they had to check with me. Well, as of uh, next week, when we have our first full staff meeting, the answer is they take care of it themselves. So in doing this presentation, I added a little something to myself. So this was the Hammock Beach card, um, particularly the front of it, like I said, the five things. They sometimes at the beginning used to quiz you on it. So, um, but if you had it, you could just pull it out and read it. You didn't have to memorize it. enjoyed this educational morsel from Harry Gilbert and there's more to come and much more already on our website at instituteofclubdirectors.com. If you have any questions about joining us, joining our site, or you're already a member and have some questions for Harry or us, 
please don't hesitate to contact us on 508-538-1288 or drop us an email at management at instituteofclubdirectors.com. Thanks, and see you again soon.